Hey, what is up, soccer fans? Welcome to the Saudi Soccer Show. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Lofermento, founder of Premiership Talk, which grew into one of the most read soccer websites all around the world, covering the English Premier League with millions of readers, won awards from the English Football Association, and I'm so excited to be joined by the great Nick Webster, the voice of soccer in America, who brought the great sport here to the United States via Fox Soccer Channel. He sat down with some of the game's greatest, like David Beckham's, Latan Ibrahimovic, Jose Mourinho. Nick, how the heck excited are you to be here on the Saudi Soccer Show? Unbelievable, Brian. We're going to get right into the nuts and bolts of what I personally think is the world's fastest growing and most exciting league. This league is something very special. And if you're a fan of this beautiful game, which I know both you and I are, you've got to come here because this is where all the news is going to be. Heck yeah, and I'll tell you what, before we do jump straight into the content, which we are absolutely going to do, I just want to put a plug out there. I know that this is episode one, and what Nick and I, as two footy-obsessed supporters, have found is that there's limited resources on the Saudi Soccer League, which is crazy considering, Nick, what you just said. It is the fastest-growing league worldwide, but the coverage isn't there to match. So we are the first and fastest-growing English-speaking show covering this great league. We'll be coming at you every week, and we're going to start off in today talking a little bit about last season, the teams to look out for this season, and then we've got a spicy topic to dive into. But Nick, what do you say we start with last year's league table? Walk us through the landscape of the Saudi Soccer League. Well, I tell you what, it is really one of the most competitive leagues in the world. El Etihad are your champions. They're going to be in the AFC Champions League along with Al Nassar, Al Hilal. And what you're looking at really is a league that is continuously growing. It's getting better and better. And what we've seen now over the last six to 12 months is that the best players in the world are now arriving in Saudi Arabia. That's improving the quality of the play. Now, Saudi Arabian football has been around since the early 50s. I mean, this is a region that is just so passionate about the sport. And the Saudi Arabian national team has been very successful as well, even appearing in the last World Cup. So El Hittihad, they won the title with five points, you know, uh, uh, over El Nassar. And I think it was fully deserved because this is a team that has such a rich history. You know, they really love their football. And, uh, you know, when we, when we look at this team, the style of football they play, it's high pressing, it's high focus, it's really speed is of the essence. And I think that with the players that came in this year, it's going to be very, very tough for the pretenders to catch up with them. Yeah, it's interesting you say that though, Nick, because I think this is a rare league around the world where we look at last season's table and it might not be an accurate indicator of what's going to happen this season. I mean, you and I have seen how many teams are mixing, chopping, changing, changing managers, changing players en masse. There's so much to look at. So I figure why not dive straight into the squads? And I think we do have to start with the defending champions, Al Idihad. Walk us through what you're looking for from this squad heading into this season, as well as a couple of very key additions to the squad well as as we've discussed already look the the saudi league is on the on the cusp i think of becoming maybe top three in the world yeah you may sound i like like i'm crazy but when when we think about the expenditure and the quality of players that the league is bringing in so We've highlighted some players, and, and rightly so. These these are the big stars. These these are the ones that are going to generate the news. Fabinho has come from Liverpool. And, I mean, that's a huge loss for Liverpool. This is a player who is in his prime. The Brazilian is what I'd like to call 
a conductor, Brian. He's the one that sets the pace. He sets the tone. And what he's done for Liverpool over the last five years is incredible. Uh, won the Premiership, won the Champions League. I mean, this is a player that's going to come in immediately and start making a difference. Now, he's going to be paired alongside one of my favourite players of all time, N'Golo Kante. Now, Ancante has come from a free from Chelsea. Now, many people have said that maybe Ancolo is a little injury prone these days, but I think the style of play in the Saudi Pro League is going to suit him to a T. And when you think about Fabinho and Kante playing next to each other, they're perfect foils for one another. And I think that the, the, the great thing about the rivalry that Liverpool and Chelsea have had is these two players know each other exceptionally well. So they're going to come into this team with an amazing chemistry already built in. And I mean, when, when we look at what the manager's going to do, Nuno Espirito Santo, he's a name that's very familiar in the English Premier League, having worked with Wolves and Tottenham Hotspur. He's coming into this pro league. And you know what? He is just a winner. Yes, he didn't do successfully uh, terribly well in uh, Wolves and Spurs, but this is a, a man who's a winner. And then when you think about what they've got up front, a certain man called Kareem Benzema. I mean, your thoughts on Benzema, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's fascinating because I've been thinking, especially about this upcoming season, and you and I follow the English Premier League very closely, obviously, and at times it's easy to think that there's a dearth of world-class strikers around the world right now. When I when I was a kid, we had Andrei Shevchenko, Samuel Eto'o, Gabriel Batistuta, the original Ronaldo. There were, strikers were a dime a dozen back then. Even coming into the early 2000s, you had Didier Drogba was banging them in. There's very few world-class strikers left on the scene, and I don't think there's many, or maybe any that come to the level of Kareem Benzema. And what I think is fascinating, which is in stark contrast to what we've been seeing in Major League Soccer over the years, is that you're not getting a washed-up version of of Kareem Benzema. Kareem Benzema is going to Saudi Arabia and he is going to bang in the goals. I think particularly he's got a few points to prove this year, not only because of what happened with his absence in the World Cup, but also leaving a huge club in Real Madrid coming to the Saudi Pro League. He's got so much and you know what? He's not going to be shy about competing with his former teammate Cristiano Ronaldo for the Golden Boot this year. Nick, who's your early take on the Golden Boot winner? Well, that's a fascinating matchup between Ronaldo and Benzema. Obviously, great friends. The thing I like about Benzema is that he is a goal scorer of so many different types of goals. You know, he's he's not your he's not your uh, six yard box sniffer. He is the guy that can go one on one. He can hit the bangers. He's incredible in the air. And his experience in the Champions League, where I mean, Real Madrid basically owned that trophy. When you look at El Hitihad. What do they want? Yes, they want to win the league. They want to win the King's Cup. But most importantly, the big jewel for Asian soccer is the Champions League. And I think that this squad right now is being built with that in mind. The Champions League, which is a, a, a competition El Hittihad has only won twice in their rich and storied history. They want, they want that third one. They want that hat trick. And, you know, they've got nine Saudi Pro League titles. Why not make that a 10 as well? So this is a team that's built to do the double this year, a big double. Nick, before we move on, I'm not going to let you get away off the hook easily. Your pick for the golden boot winner. We've got Benzema, we've got Ronaldo, we've got some of the best goal scorers in the world. Who's it going to be? Well, I, I actually, I've, my, my heart says Ronaldo because I think that the team is, is built around this Portuguese whiz kid. Well, he's not even a whiz kid anymore. Now he's an elder statesman of, the, of, of, the, of world football. But I really think Benzema 
is the man because, like I said, he's got so many different tools in his toolbox. Yeah, I'm going to go for the first hot take in today's episode then. And I'm going to say that we're about to take a look at the projected winners who will become champions this year with the will-be golden boot scorer. And that is Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nassar, who finished up runners-up last year. Nick, walk us through their squad because, again, we're going to see key additions all over the pitch. Well, David Espina has come in on uh, quite a big money move, three three million euros, and he's a very talented goalkeeper. I really like Alex Telles. You know, we saw him a lot at Manchester United. Probably didn't get as many opportunities as we thought he would, but this is a very, very talented young man. And I really think that he's got this attacking instinct, the way he wants to go up and down the line all the time. He's going to create opportunities for that man, Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously, they know each other well from their time at Old Trafford. So I really like Tellus. And of course, Sadio Mane is a monumental signing for this league. Obviously, Sade was fantastic at Liverpool, went to Bayern Munich on huge money, didn't really have the best of time in the Bundesliga. I'm a little curious as to why, because this is a player with so much talent, so much much ability, and a real hunger for the game. Now, Anasar, I've paid big money. I mean, he didn't come cheaply, but I believe that Mane and Ronaldo, I mean, what a double bill up front. I mean, that is just scintillating. And of course, the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo, who has really put the Saudi Pro League on the map. I mean, let's be honest, prior to Ronaldo's move, we weren't thinking about this league so much, but Cristiano has the power to move the needle. I think it. I think from a, an Instagram point of view, Anasar went from 50,000 followers to over 10 million in a 24-hour period. So this is this is the the, the power that uh, Ronaldo has, and I think Nassar, they are so hungry for success. Ronaldo came in, in in the winter transfer window. They were slightly behind El Hitiad in the table, and now this is going to be the push to really make it neck and neck. So I really like what. Um, Luis Castro has put together here. He's a Portuguese coach, so obviously he's getting on very well with Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm not sure Ronaldo needs any help in that department, but I think that El Nassar are going to be the big challengers to El Hitiad this year. Yeah, and I think that last point that you made is something that we can't overlook because you talk about Ronaldo didn't play the full season last year. This is his first season, full season that he's heading into and they already closed the gap and they've only gotten better this summer. It's funny, when you and I sat down to put together the notes for today's episode, we highlighted three players per team, but when I look at Al Nassar's lineup, hey, we could have easily highlighted Brozovic in midfield, Fofana in midfield, Pitti Martinez, an incredibly creative attacker and we're ignoring Ronaldo's all already partnership that he's already got chemistry with, which is Taliska, who just assisted him on a goal midweek, which was an incredible goal. I love seeing these players combine, and I think that they're only going to get better as the season goes on. Nick, is this, do you dare to say in episode one, your early pick for champions of this season or not quite? No, I, th- I think they are my early pick. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned the players, Brosovic and Fofana. I wish... And I, I'm annoyed with you for not highlighting all of them. I know we can only look at three, three or four per team because, you know, we want to keep this uh, episode interesting and tight. But this is a team that has quality from top to bottom. I mentioned Espina at, at, at the top when we were talking about Anasar. And if you go one through 11, I don't see a weakness right now. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. But then the hard part, and this is why I think you and I are obviously very excited to cover the Saudi League this season. And part of it is because it's not a two-horse race. We're going to jump right now to who finished in third place last year, which is Al-Halal. Again, Nick, we highlighted three, but walk us through this squad. Well, look, Al-Halal are the most successful team in Saudi history. 18, 18 Saudi Pro League titles. I mean, they are the Manchester United, and I know you like that reference. They are the Manchester United of the Saudi Pro League. Uh, something like 10 Kings Cups. They've won the Champions League twice. And this, once again, we're looking at a team that has gone into the transfer market and got players in their prime. We're not talking about has-beens here, Brian. We're not talking about players that are looking to retire. These are players that still have amazing international futures, want to represent their, t on, on their, their countries on the highest stage. And I think sometimes we look, we look at teams, Brian, and we look at players and you go, ah, you know, he's finished internationally because he's gone to a league that really isn't getting the publicity. This league is getting the publicity. Koulibaly, unbelievable career at, at, at Napoli. Chelsea didn't really have the best of times, but then again, Chelsea were awful last year. So I, I really like him. I think he's, he's, he's strong, he's powerful, he reads the game superbly. And then Savage, what a player. I mean, this is, this is a guy that technically, I think he's one of the best players in the world. And Al Hilal have paid a lot of money for him. Now, Jorge Jesus, another Portuguese coach. This is really interesting, actually. There's a real Portuguese flavor going through the Saudi Pro League. I think he's going to get the best out of him alongside Ruben Neves, who, once again, another Portuguese player. And it would be interesting, actually, I think we're going to get some special guests on the show in the next few weeks to talk about this Portuguese influence and, and how it's going to shape what we're seeing in this league. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you speak about the Portuguese influence, but Nick, ironically, what I actually see is a little bit of the Syria A influence. There's a lot of these players that us Premier League fans for a decade now have been hearing about. They've been lighting it up in Italy's top league, but and they've been linked to big moves to England, but for one reason or another, they never came through. When I look at this, you're right. We never saw the best of Koulibaly in the Premier League. We've never seen the likes of Sergei Milinkovic Savic in the Premier League. We've seen how he stands out at the international level, but now I think football fans around the world, as they start tuning into the, the Saudi Pro League, they're going to start seeing how good Milinkovic Savic is, why he's been linked to the big four in England throughout his entire career. So I think there's a lot to be seen here. You've brought up the Portuguese influence. I've brought up the English influence or the Italian influence. We also have to talk about the English influence because a lot of these players are coming from the Premier League. Let's jump over to Al Ali and Nick. Take it away here because Premier League's Premier League fans will be very excited to tune into this team's matches. Well, one of the things I, I did want to mention before we, we get into this is the influence that these players are going to have on the Saudi national team itself. I mean, this is a this is a program, like I said, they, they make World Cups, um, but seeing the Saudis go a long way in a FIFA tournament, I think, is is the next step. And these players have the ability to raise the level. I think we've, see, we've seen it in every country in the world where top players go, the national team gets better because the youngsters around there, they get to feed off 
these uh, these amazing talents and they and they get to learn so much but like you say with with uh el hali i mean this is a team that's only won the saudi pro league three times only three times so they're they're really i'm not going to say they're one of the minnows because they've won the king's cup 13 times which is which is a record but they are a team that has traditionally not fared so well in the league and when we look at their front three, well, on, honestly, I mean, I have to, I have to start really from for Mendy, another Chelsea player who I think is an outstanding goalkeeper. Uh, I think he got a little unlucky with the injuries last year, but I, I think he's superb. But their their front three, I mean, it really gets me excited. Now, Mares, we know from his days at Leicester City and Manchester City, is just simply a world class player, and you know, he he comes from Algeria, he comes from you know that side of the world i think he's going to be very used to the climate i think he's going to be very used to the style of play and i mean the most cultured left foot in world football could we say i mean i i think what what he does with the ball the only thing he can't do with the ball is actually make a cup of tea but i think he can do everything else and i and i really like him robert Firmino has just been a stalwart for Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool have actually been really raided here and they've lost quite a few players. Uh, but he is, and, and this, this is another nationality that's actually a very big in, in the Saudi Pro League, is Brazilian players. Um, he's not your 30 goal a year player, but he will get 15, he will get 20, and he will get a bucket load of assists. He really is one of the most unselfish players I've seen in world football. And then to uh, round out that top three, I think one of the most exciting talents in world for football, Alan Maximam, who uh, you know graced the Premier League at Newcastle. I, I love it. I love his. Uh, I love his headband. Um, just a thrilling player on the ball. And think about this. You've got Mares on one side, Sir Maximin on the other, Firmino up top. I mean, this, this front three will give anybody a handful. Uh, they're coached by Matthias Yassel. He's a German. He's very methodical. And I can already see the patterns of play that he's implementing in this team that's going to bring out the best of those three players. Yeah, I think the biggest question mark there is, I think you hit the nail on the head, is that there's going to be no shortage of chances created here. I think from the back with Eduard Mendy in goal, I think they're going to be very solid defensively. You talked about Mares, Firmino, and St. Maximin creating chances. Nick, who's going to finish them? I guess this is the Manchester United supporter in me talking. I have little to no faith in Roberto Firmino finishing off all of those chances. If you put a Benzema on this squad, I can see them really challenging. What's their ceiling this season? For Al Hali, I th- I think I think that they're gonna they're gonna be challenging, uh, and I think it's gonna be a case of where are they around that Christmas period? If they're there and thereabouts, uh, that January transfer window is gonna open. There's gonna be more moves made, and look, this is this is a this is a team and a club that is growing. Uh, I think they're still trying to find what their identity is and like i said they've only won the saudi pro league three times so i'm going to say that this is a project team and if they are there or thereabouts round about that january february mark be very 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 careful because they could put up on that blind side just keep coming and put teams under a lot of pressure
Yeah, I love that perspective, Nick. I'm going to push you just a little bit more on Al Ali because I think it is a project team, like you said, and I think it's a very interesting project team at that. For new fans to the league who are tuning in saying, I have to watch their matches purely because of this front three, who would you compare them to in the English game that fans are already aware of? If I'm a fan of which club should I tune in and say, all right, this is the squad that I want to watch this season? Well, I, you know, I can't but help think of that Newcastle United team that uh, under Eddie Howe, look, were they spectacular? No, but were they very effective? Yes. And with uh, with Matthias Yassel as the coach, I think that's the model that they're going to take. I think they're going to be very tough to break down. I think they're going to be supremely disciplined and organized. And with a, with a front three that is capable of the unexpected. And that's that's what you're going to get. I mean, like you say, you know, you think that Firmino can't finish or he, he, he's not a, a lethal predator. And, I, and granted, I would agree with you there. But I also think that he makes players around him better. And without a doubt, Morris is one of the best set ball specialists in the world. So Maximum is one of the best runners at people in the world. I just, I just think that Firmino actually, if he, if he, if he develops that fox in the box mentality, he is going to get that 15, 20 goals and you're going to be very surprised and eating your words. Yeah, I like that. I'll tell you what, if it comes to the XG table, I think Al Ali is for sure going to be up there. We'll see. Speaking of the Liverpool raid, you're making all of my transitions in this episode very easy because we have to talk about the true Liverpool raid, which is Al Etifak. So many changes there this summer. Nick, talk to us about what you see going on in the land of Steven Gerrard. Well, Al Etifak have not been traditionally one of the big teams in the Saudi Pro League. They've won the title twice. They've only won the King's Cup twice. So this isn't a team that expects to win honors. However, like you say, they've done some raiding. Obviously, they got Steven Gerrard, a very famous player, not sure about as a manager, obviously did very well at Rangers, but we're talking about the, the Scottish Premier League. Uh, not so not so good at Aston Villa. Um, this, I believe, this is a this is a re, a rebuilding Steven Gerrard image project. Now, the club have not been afraid to spend some money. I mean, Jack Hendry's come from the Scottish Premier League, very capable fullback. Obviously, the name that really stands out is Jordan Henderson, and you can see why Gerrard has raided Liverpool. Gerard actually played with Henderson. In fact, the captain's armband, incredibly, went from Gerard to Henderson. Uh, Jordan Henderson, is he a flashy player? No, but you know exactly what you're going to get. And I think from Gerard's point of view, he wants to know exactly what he's going to get. You know, we, we looked at the, the previous team, El Hilal, and you have Mares and some Maximum. Do you know what you're going to get? I have no idea. It can be sublime brilliance or they could disappear. Jordan Henderson is never going to disappear. And then, of course, you've got Moussa Dembele, who's English Premier League experience, a wonderful player who's never really taken the next step to world-class superstardom. But I believe, under the tutelage of Steven Gerrard, who, you know, let's face it, I know, I know you have your Manchester United through and through, and uh, obviously Gerrard broke your heart a few times. But I believe that Steven Gerrard is a mentor, 
I believe that he can develop players. And, you know, we've got, we've got the, uh, the Brazilian flavor coming through that squad as well. So I really think that Gerard is onto something here. Um, are El Etifak going to win the title? No, they're not. Not this year. But are they going to challenge for the Asian Champions League places? Absolutely. And what you have to remember this year, Brian, is this league has been a 16-team league for over 50 years. This year, it's up to 18 teams. Okay, that's four extra games. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it does mean that teams that have the major resources are going to probably deal with that a little bit better. And El Etifak certainly have some resources. Yeah, I love the way that you gave us the highlight of what Steven Gerrard is putting there together there. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think the point that I just want to echo for listeners is that this is as much of a project team as it is for Steven Gerrard. You know, you talk about this league and we see some players like Cristiano Ronaldo in the twilight of his career looking to do something meaningful and bring football to a new country, to a new con- continent in many regards. Whereas on the other side, for some of these players and certainly for some of these managers, you see the flip side where Steven Gerrard's here to prove himself. Steven Gerrard wants to one day manage in the Premier League again. It hasn't gone to plan in England for him, Scotland aside for now. And so you're right. I think that's a very important point to prove for him. I want to also draw that parallel because I think for these project teams, this is part of the excitement for the Saudi Pro League this year is it's not. I'm going to keep hammering this point home because I think it makes it such a unique league is that it's not a one horse race, a two horse race, a three horse race. Nick, what's your English equivalent for fans saying, hey, should I jump on the Steven Gerrard, Jordan Henderson bandwagon this year? What's an equivalent English club that you can think of for them? Well, I think the... When we look at those teams, I mean, you you can't, I can't help but go back to Gerard's old team, Aston Villa. Same, Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, they they got a new manager, Unai Emery, and and from the moment that Gerard was sacked, Emery actually has the second best record of any manager and team in England bar Manchester City. So villa have been like a sleeping giant for a long long time this is i mean villa were good before you were even born brian i mean i'm old enough to remember when they were winning league titles and european cups that's how old i am so i i think el hedefak are gonna be that team that rather than be like a, a bandwagoner and jump on the obvious ones I would go with this team right here because I think they're going to give you some. They're going to give you some big thrills, but they're also going to be. They're going to be highly competitive, and we have to remember as well, Brian, that this league there's promotion and relegation. Okay, it's not like oh everybody's gonna you know everybody makes the playoffs. No, this this is a proper league from top to bottom. You get the most points, you win the title. No playoffs. Yeah, Nick, which is a perfect segue. We could talk about these squads all day long, which we're for sure going to do every week throughout the season. So keep tuning in here. But before I let you go here today, Nick, I can't help but want to ask you, you talked about promotion relegation being a proper league from top to bottom. At the beginning of today's episode, you talked about the Saudi Pro League climbing the ladder in, in its world reputation and in the talent that it's attracting. It wants to be a top league. When Cristiano Ronaldo signed, he said, this is going to be a top five league in the world. Everyone laughed at him at the time. Now we're starting to see it come to fruition. Just tune into English radio and you'll hear them worrying. Oh my gosh, are all of Europe's top players going to the Saudi league? Victor Osman potentially on the way. Mohamed Salah, we're hearing rumors. There's so much going on and I can't help but bring in football's 
favorite debate, Messi versus Ronaldo, MLS versus the Saudi Pro League. Nick, what are the differences here? Because we see Messi going to retire in Major League Soccer. Right now, he's making that league look like a very easy nut to crack. Cristiano Ronaldo is bringing all of the world's top players to the Saudi Pro League and competing at an incredible level. Nick, What's your take on MLS versus the Saudi Pro League, Messi versus Ronaldo? I want to hear that. Well, I know MLS would love to consider themselves a top five league. They're certainly not there yet. Let's be honest. Number one is the English Premier League. And it's not just because I'm English. It is the top league in the world. Number two, you would probably have to go La Liga. Number three, Serie A. And then maybe number four, the Bundesliga. Just for the fact of competition. I actually think the Saudi Pro League is right number five right now due to the fact that these players are not coming for a retirement package. Okay, Lionel Messi has gone to into Miami. Uh, I think he scored seven goals in four games. Um, this, is, this is the interesting thing. When I've watched the Saudi Pro League and Ronaldo playing earlier this year, people are tackling Ronaldo. In MLS, no one's allowed to get within 10 yards of Lionel Messi. I mean, it really is a bit of a joke. I mean, he's just skating through games and nobody's near him. So from, from my point of view, I think it's, it's, um, it's amazing what Messi has done in terms of his own personal brand and the buzz that he's created around MLS. But do you see a mass exodus of top, top players going, I want to play in Major League Soccer? Unfortunately not. What we see from Major League Soccer is, you know, former top, top players going to MLS. Well, well, you know, there was Gerard, there was Lampard, there was Beckham, Messi, Messi, you know, Busquets. I mean, these guys are no longer in their primes. And we're seeing players at the peak of their powers moving to the Saudi Pro League. And that, to me, is a testament to just how good this league is going to become. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. I love the way that you broke that down. Episode one absolutely flew by, which is why we're so excited to be coming at you soccer fans, football fans, whatever you call it, all around the world, every single week covering the Saudi Pro League, which, by the way, the league starts this week. I'm going to be talking about times for those of us here in the United States. So if you are in the U.S. tuning into the Saudi Pro League, you're going to start seeing matches. Match day one is this Friday, August 11th, kicking off at 2 p.m. Eastern. So you can see Al Ali already kicking the season off. That's going to be a barnstorming game. But there are games Saturday, Sunday into Monday. So not only does the English Premier League start this weekend, but the Saudi Pro League is back in action, the same calendar as the European season. Nick, round things off for us here today. What are you looking for in match day one? Well, you know, you you brought up a real interesting point. I'm going to digress just for a second about the fact that English clubs, in fact, European clubs are very aware that they are under pressure to keep their players. Yes, the the money being offered is exceptional, but we're still talking about players that are incredibly wealthy anyway. So they do not need, they do not need the money, but what they want is they want the competition. And I think what we're going to see from the Saudi Pro League this year is intense competition, the battle for the title is going to go down to five or six teams. And of course, we you know, we will be looking at the other side of the table as well, where some of the, uh, shall we say, less wealthy clubs are going to struggle a little bit. But 
because we do have this promotion and relegation, there is so much competition, so much intensity. And, and I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see some of the best players in the world really strutting their stuff every single weekend. And I can't personally wait to see what Benzema, Ronaldo and our good old boy Steven Gerrard does at his club. Yes, Nick, what an excellent wrap to round out episode one. Listeners, I want you to know that we will be coming to you every single week as your number one source of English speaking news, updates, rumors, everything that you need to know about the Saudi Pro League. So wherever it is that you're tuning into today's episode, pound that subscribe button. You can find us anywhere that you tune into podcasts from Apple iTunes to Spotify to YouTube as well. We actually have visuals and graphics all along the way that we're talking about these squads, the fixtures, all that good stuff. So make sure you pound that subscribe button. Otherwise, Nick, thank you so much for your breakdown today. And I'm excited for all of this weekend's action. Come wait for next week when we finally get to see the players in action. And really, this is going to give us our first taste of who's who, who does what, who's looking good, who's not, because next week it's going to be who's hot and who's not. You got that. And one final teaser for listeners. Nick already said it. We will be having some special guests on. So pound that subscribe button and we'll see you next week.